This week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me on the show, celebrating our semi-final victory in the Challenge Cup. We've got a Paul Whiteside. Paul, have you come down off the ceiling yet, mate? Uh, just about, Rob. Just about. I spent most of my Monday at work dropping tools. <laughs> just had seemed to have the shakes all day, and um, no, it's, it's been it's been strange, really. I mean, Saturday was. It was a funny day. He just chucked it down all day, didn't it? And the weather was atrocious. But I thought the match was outstanding. One of the best Salford games we've seen for a while. Really, really exciting game. We'll, we'll talk about that afterwards. But no, uh, it, it's bittersweet, I suppose, isn't it? With all the, the not being able to go to Wembley and the supporters, you know, we're all disappointed. They're all happy and, and disappointed as well, aren't they? So a bit of a bittersweet moment, but great, great to get to Wembley, Rob. And, you know, we're sort of 80 minutes away from, from lifting the Challenge Cup now for the first time in 82 years. So, yeah, exciting times. It really is a bit of a buzz. Yeah, it was. It's, it, obviously, it was a shame that we weren't all there, packed in behind that post. But it was it was a, it was a nice to experience it with, you know, people in your bubble, I, I thought. Because, um, obviously, we've had a lot of Challenge Cup heartache, haven't we, over the years? And, and to sort of come back from where we were to, to win it was, was unbelievable, really. He certainly was, and you know, I, I phoned my dad straight after the game. We were saying that about the times we've had under Wattle, the amount of we had, we had some struggling times under Wattle, but we've had some really big nights with him being our coach, haven't we? Where we've come back and we've won, and we've been to grounds where we've not won before. You know, big cup games, million pound game, getting to a grand final. So we've had some some good displays, and we we do our mentality as a club seems to have changed over the last few years. Where we're fighting in games now, you know, come back against Catalan, we we come back in that game on on Saturday, you know, twenty two points to ten down, dead and buried there. It's absolutely chucking it down, and there's no chance of coming back in that match. But they came back from the dead there, and oh, it was it was an outstanding display. I mean, from from one to to seventeen, the whole the whole squad I thought was it was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, it was it was it was brilliant. It was brilliant, and you know we'll we'll look back at that sort of moment where Lusick dives over as, as as being sort of one of the big moments of of following South Red Devils. And even though we all weren't there, we can also we can also you know say where where were you? I can be at home, or I'll be in the pub, or or whatever. But it was a, it was a big moment. Yeah, it certainly was. It was a massive moment, and those. Plenty of big moments in that game. There's plenty of sort of turning points in the in the match, but I don't want to discuss it too much because we'll go into detail what we when we chat about the game. So, uh, so yeah, it was it was great. It was a great win. It was a great feeling to to actually be able to say you know we, we're going to be playing in a cup final, and I suppose to add to a bit of spice of it to play Leeds as well. I mean, I think it's every uh, Salford supporter's dream to to beat them in a big final. So, uh, you know, we've got something we've got something really special to look forward to. Yeah, I came down. Uh, to earth with a bump though, Paul. Go on. I had a I had a COVID test today. Oh dear, have you gone on? Well, I don't know. Yeah, new results haven't come back. I've got an operation see on Friday, so part of right. my um, sort of a pre-op stuff. Um, you've got have a COVID test, and then, you know what? Not pretty, not pretty stuff at all. What do they do? Put something in your throat? Yeah, like a like a big um, what do you call it? Cotton bud up my nose. And one down the back of my throat as well, and uh, we've right. all seen the uh, sort of Dan Sargent video where he where he starts skipping. That was me. That was me in the hospital this morning. But it is you know it's something to to think about when you want to. It makes you want to wash your hands twice. 
Yeah, well, my wife had one and me two kids, and that was a while ago. And I think they went to City's football stadium for theirs, and uh, yeah, they were all right. They came back negative and whatever. So I bet you're panicking a bit now, aren't you, with the big games and things coming up? You don't want to be testing positive now, mate. <laughs> No, that would be an absolute nightmare. But I'm, I'm not sure any Otherwise, symptoms. So, um, you weeks. know, it's just a just a thing that I have to do before me before me up on Friday. Right. So, got loads of loads to talk about. We'll talk about the the semi final win, Paul, uh, and then we'll look forward to the Uthfield game on uh, is it Thursday? Thursday five five thirty kickoff at um, Headingley Stadium. Cool. So, what we'll do? We'll start off uh, with the uh, the Challenge Cup win uh, against Warrington. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils booked their place in the Challenge Cup final by beating Warrington Wolves 24 points to 22, uh, Paul. What, what an amazing emotional moment for everyone. Yeah, it certainly was. It was, um, it was a funny day, as I said before, the... The weather just seemed to it just seemed to rain from the moment we all got up to the moment we went to bed. It was one of those awful sort of autumn days, wasn't it? And uh, you know the pitch at, at the um, St. Helens Stadium, it wasn't too bad, you know, considering there was a match play before us between uh, between Wigan and Leeds. But I thought our game was a tremendous cup tie. Really was cut and thrust, and everybody I've spoke to, you know, neutral people who watched it on the telly, telly thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think. You know, I've had quite a few people text me who, who are not Salford supporters, but you know, just saying congratulations, you know, getting to Wembley. And I think it's, I think a lot of people not notice us on the news, and people have been looking up and, and taking note, you know, to get to Wembley. It's a big thing. It's a big news story. And no, it was, a, it was a great match and fantastic performance against a star-studded Warrington side. Yeah, uh, Warrington opened the well, that a disallowed try early on. Uh, from Ashton, um, and then obviously Tyrone uh, McCarthy was simbined, uh, Paul, um, for a cannonball tackle. Uh, do you think it was it was a fair decision? That um, I've only I only saw it live. I didn't see. I've not seen the. Re- I've not watched the game back fully yet. I've watched the the last sort of twenty minutes, and I watched the, the build up to it on the BBC. So I've not watched the full game through. Um, I did I see it on replay? There was a telly at the ground near where I was sat and, and where the BBC people were, and I could see like a screen. I was I was kind of watching it, but it's a cannonball tackle, and I know they dodge you them, aren't they? And you've got to be careful doing them because you can get sort of a big a big ban, can't you? So I've not heard anything yet about Tyrone McCarthy's disciplinary thing. So hopefully, you know, he's, he's all right and he's, he's got away with it. So. Um, but no, you've got to be careful doing that me these days. I mean, the, the the RFL seemed to frown upon it. So I think, yeah, perhaps yellow card was the, was the right decision there. Yeah, Paul, the, the name of the game in that in that situation is to get three men in the tackle in it. And when the third man comes in, he's got to be sort of on point on, on that collision. And Tyrone was out slightly. And, that, and that's why I think he got binned, um, which was unfortunate for us because obviously we were down to 12 men at that point. And uh, Toby King uh, took advantage with a with a try in the corner. Salford's defence spread out, not able to to fill all the gaps. I think it was Callum Watkins came flying down, flying out the line, missed the missed the ball, and uh, Toby King found the found the space to score. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a good try from King. You know, it was a good centre. But just going back to what you said about Tyrone McCarthy, I mean, it's difficult. It must be difficult now for the players because with Sky Sports and the amount of technology and camera angles that they have, every single tackle now. 
get get scrutinised, you know, if there's something a bit untoward. I mean, 20, 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, you know, a tackle was a tackle, wasn't it? And, you know, unless it was like a, a real clothesline there or someone had their head took off and obviously it would be a red card. But whereas now it must be it must be difficult. I mean, you look at the Luke Yates tackle the other week. I mean, I couldn't see anything wrong with that until I got it explained to me and watched it about 10 times on a replay. So, yeah, it must be it must be hard work for the players because it, it's a physical contact sport. So you must have to be, to, you know, to really watch what you're doing. So perhaps a bit unlucky there, Tyron McCarthy, but let's hope. It's it's been sufficient, but yeah, Toby King, good centre, and uh, he got Warrington off to a perfect start. Yeah, they extended the lead um, with a penalty kick from uh, Stefan Ratchford, uh, but then we hit back try from uh, Callum Watkins, uh, his first try for Salford, I think. A lovely little grubber kick through by Tuilola here, and uh, Callum Watkins manages to read the bounce and ground it at the right time. I think you know when you look back at moments in matches, you think that was one of them because you can see is is. He's looking, he's at, he, know, he knows where the ball's going to bounce and how it's kind of travelling, and he just times it perfectly to ground at the right time. That is that is why he's a class centre, because he can read the situation uh, and ground it. Well, if you want to appear in big games, Rob, and go on big runs and play in Challenge Cup finals, you need players, quality players like Callum Watkins, and he is quality, and that's why he's played in so many finals before and been such a big player before on the international stage, because he, he reads the game so well. And that kick there from, from Lola here, I think it was Matty Ashton, the Warrington fullback, missed it completely. And if you watch the replay, Callum actually waits for that ball to whip the surface and sort of stop, really. And that's when he puts his hand on it. I mean, he could have snatched at that and, and made a right porridge of it and knocked it on. But he didn't. He was calm. And, and that's what you, you, you... I don't know how much Callum gets paid, but that's what, for want of a better word, that's what you pay the big money for, for, for these you know big signings and big names. And, you know, you need that quality in your team. And... He's proved that there. He's looked quality in all the games he's played. His defence looks excellent. I think every week he's growing in confidence in the attack as well. And, uh, you know, he played really well in that game. And that was a massive point in the game that for us, you know, to get us back in it. You know, Warrington have got eight points in front, just starting to edge away from us. Callum Watkins scores. Chris Ninu again, fantastic kick, you know, uh, from, from quite far out on the towards the touchline. And uh, that got us right back in the contest. Yep. Uh, Warrington extended the lead, though. A try from uh, Blake Austin, finding space on the on the edges and, and diving over after a Sargent error to make it 14-6, Paul. You know, Salford, you know, did really well off the off the back of that, didn't they? They certainly did, yeah. I mean, just going back to Blake Austin, I mean, the size of the man. I mean, he played at loose forward for, for much of that game on Saturday, but he normally plays in the halves. But he's built like a, sort of a second row forward. He's massive. He's such a strong guy and he can shrug people off and drop his shoulder and go through like he did there. So he showed his quality there. But at 14 points to six, I mean, I remember thinking there as, as in he was going to kick it off. I could see him doing a short kickoff. I, I knew something was going to happen there because I think that's the kind of kind of team we are at the moment. A lot of teams would have gone into the shell there and sort of took a 14-6 deficit at half-time. But I think, you know, perhaps a bit of Paul Rowley influence there sometimes uh, with his coaching stuff. I think we we tend to play sometimes like off-the-cuff sort of daring plays. And I think that was quite a daring play there. And if you think back to Paul Rowley's time at Lee, that's how they tended to play. So perhaps he's having a bit of an influence on it on the training ground. And I thought that was great for him. And he got us the ball back there. And, you know, we could have scored a try, you know, on the attack, but we got a penalty goal took the penalty goal, took the two points. And I think that, that gave us a bit of confidence going in six behind rather than eight. It's psychological. And uh, I think what I would have been pretty pleased at half-time, just 14-8, we're right back in the match and in the contest. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you there, Paul. It, what it is, it's about being brave in big big moments in it. And, you know, the decision to make that short kickoff swings the momentum back towards you. See, we get the point, uh, the point, the penalty kick later on in the set. And we've got momentum going to that into that second half, Paul. And, you know, especially in, in semi-finals and in, in cup games, it is all about just keeping that scoreboard ticking over. Yeah, dead right. And I mean, I remember like thinking when the game was on, the rain seemed to be getting worse, especially especially sort of 20 minutes into that first half, the start of the second half. It was absolutely bouncing down and it was really windy as well. I thought to myself, well, I don't think there's going to be many points here in this game because, you know, pitch starts to get heavy. But I was proved wrong, really, because as we, we've said, haven't we, we've had a chat since the match and both sides tried to play dry where the rugby league, really, and, and made the game a really entertaining contest. And I thought I thought there was quite a few knock-ons, but the handling on a whole was, was tremendous from both both sides. And, uh, yeah, 14-8 half-time, I thought momentum was, was going our way. I thought we was doing all right and we was, we was hanging on the coattails of Warrington and, and causing them problems. So, second half starts, Paul. Salford uh, hit, uh, well, Salford score. A try from Inu, kicked to the corner by Brown uh, and he rises like a salmon and crashes over uh, for Salford to, to close the gap. Yeah, I think I think we've both called him a salmon a few times, haven't we? I called yeah. him a basketball player one last season. I think that was a try he scored at Hull towards the back end of last season in that magnificent win we had there. And that was very similar to that try he scored on Saturday. You know, he seems to have this ability to sort of leap, you know, like a basketball player mm. does when they sort of slam dunk the, the ball in the net. That That's how high he's getting there. And, you know, he was in the air for it for a while as well. So we know Kristen Anu can do that. He's, he's a special kind of player, isn't he? And I know listening to your chat with him this week, a very laid-back player as well. But I think sometimes that laid-backness is a good thing because he doesn't panic about things. I know he's, he's kicked out on the fall and he's dropped a few Googlies now and again. But on the whole, he's... He's a very accomplished player and you can expect the unexpected with him. You know, teams don't know what he's going to do. He's He's got a bit of magic about him sometimes. And I think, you know, that, that magic could cause Leeds problems in the Challenge Cup final. And he's definitely been a talisman for us. And I mentioned last week and against Catalan, he's, he's goal kicking. Goal kicking's been absolutely tremendous. He missed one kick on, on, on Saturday, but I can't remember him missing many kicks, you know, recently. His, his goal kicking's been absolutely superb. Yeah, I, t- I talked to him about both his goal kicking and uh, his his ability to catch a high ball in his interview, and he seemed quite sort of relaxed about. It. I thought I'd get some kind of rugby league wizardry about you know what his secrets was, and he was a bit like, well, I just know when I know when to jump and I know how to catch it, and I only kick three goals before the game. And I was like, I, I was l- literally looking at him on Zoom, thinking, wow, only three people, you know, p- you know, people who kick goals usually spend hours and hours, don't they, going through that repetition of of the process they go through. And he was like, nope, just just walk up, kick three goals, and that's me done. Well, I think sometimes play, players like him, they've got a lot of natural ability. And I think he's one of those players with that natural ability. He probably doesn't have to... Some players will have to try really hard and practice and practice and practice. But I think Kristen is that sort of guy who has an awful lot of natural-born talent you know, that God gave him. And he's um, No, he's a super player. And I think we got an awful lot out of him. I, I never rated him when he played for Witness. I always thought, you know, he's one of those big time Charlie sort of players, but since he's been at Salford, he's he's been a real real good talisman for us, and you know, a big influence on the pitch as well. And uh, yeah, delighted for him. He's, he's in excellent form at the moment. Obviously, if you haven't managed to tune into the uh, to the pop up podcast, Paul spoke to Chris Weller, I spoke to Chris Nananu, and we had a chat about the game. It's well worth tuning in. It's uh, both very you know very good to interview both you know very important players for us, Paul, and and, and gave us a great insight into what what was going on on, on the field.
Yeah, he certainly did. And Chris Wellham, you know, on the opposite side, you know, no, on the same side, doesn't he, Chris? My apologies. And, um, you know, Wellham, again, had an excellent game, I thought. He's, he's influencing attack and defence. Very solid defender. I can remember, uh, I think it was in the first half, he dumped uh, Anthony Gillen into touch. And I think when you're playing on the edges as a three-quarter, you know, centre-stroke winger, if you can make your presence felt there and sort of get in the ear of your, your opposing uh, player, that that's where the battles are won. I know they say the battles are won in the forward, but they're also won on the edges as well, aren't they, in the backs? And if you can get the better of your, your opposition, you're in with half a chance. And I, I think we tend to do that. Chris Wellham's a, a tough player to play against. I know we've all, we all celebrate his, his handoff and, and things like that, but he's got, got an awful lot of qualities, Chris. And he said to me he's played the best rugby league of his career at Salford. And I think he's been spot on. You know, last four years, he's been tremendous. Yeah, so back to the match, Paul. Uh, Warrington uh, get a penalty and, and stretch the lead further um, but then a mistake uh, from Salford um, and Ben Murnett Masala uh, crashes over for Warrington to make it 22-12 uh, um, at that point my heart sank a little bit that has to be said yeah yeah um, it was another knock on from Dan Sargis wasn't it I mean two mistakes from Dan and he, he gave two tries away really from we scored they wanted to score two tries from that and in the video referee was called upon for the Masilla one and we'd have kicked the goal for that. And I can't remember how many minutes had gone after that. We was getting towards the, I think it was after the halfway point in the yeah. second half, so it's sort of 15, 15 or so minutes to go, 22-12. I wasn't that concerned. I, st- I still thought we had a chance in the game. Um, and I think Mamo knocked, um, knocked a drop out on and then Blake Austin kicked out on the full, didn't he? And, you know, we had a chance then. We had to score and, you know that that set of six was a massive set for us, and and we got it was it was a great kick through. I think it was Kevin Brown who kicked through. You know the sort of kick that you want, kicking towards the post. It's raining, the ball's like going all over the place, and if you kick to the post as well, you've always got that chance of a ricochet. It was a perfect kick, pandemonium at the back for Warrington and, and James Greenwood. You know scored against Catalan, scored another massive try in that game for us. Yeah, the, the, we we talk about big players in big moments, Paul, um, and Widdup and uh, Austin. For me, in that last, in that sort of, let's say, ten-minute period, had a had a bit of a, uh, you know, brain fart. Let's call it both of them. You had with up sort of an error at the kickoff. He, he let the ball go dead, which then allowed Salford to get the ball back, which basically meant that Greenwood could score after a lovely kick uh, from from Brown. And obviously, we just talk, just touch on Brown. Great kick for the Inu try, and uh, great another great kick for for Greenwood. You know. It, like I said, big players are big moments, and he, and he shows us there uh, what it's all about. Well, he's been playing for 17 years now. I remember him making his debut for, for Wigan in 2003. I think it was around like Easter time, playing for Wigan against Saints. And you know, he's not always been liked by Salford supporters. You know, he's been a been a sort of enemy when he's played for Witness against us and Huddersfield against us. But I think we've got to take him to our hearts now. I think he's been tremendous. I mean, he's 36 years of age a couple of days ago, and. Um, I think Watto will, will tell you he's playing the, the best rugby league of his, you know, for a while in his career, probably some of the best rugby league he's played. And, you know, he looks really sharp. Really, He looks pretty quick as well. He doesn't look like he's 36 years of age. Um, not that 36 is old, but you know what I mean, for, for a rugby player. I mean, I'm 37 and I don't feel old, but <laughs> you know you know what I mean, don't you? But, and he, he does, he looks as sharp. And he looks hungry as well to play. Um, so that, that, to me is another sign of how good Watto is. I mean, you, you can ask quite a lot of supporters and they, they raised their eyebrows when Aston Jackson Aces left and Kevin Brown came in. Um, a lot of people did. 
and Watto had complete faith in him. He knew what he was getting. And I think Kevin Brown's been really good for us. I really do. And I mean, I know we had that break in the season and, you know, we didn't play for a number of months, but he was pretty consistent before then and he's been really consistent since we've come back. And I thought Tuil Oliver and Kevin Brown outplayed the Warrington halfbacks. You know, they had, um, I know they had Austin there and, and Ratchford went off injured and came back on and they, they had sort of three pivots there that we were working with, you know, Gareth Widdham. But I thought I thought we outplayed him. I, I really did. I thought we wanted it more than them, and, and Kevin Brown did the job for us. I, I, t- I totally agree agree with you there, Paul. Um, but like I said, it, at that point, it was twenty two eighteen, and that's when it's all about how you deal with the pressure. And I, I felt we started to grow at that point. We, we look at the situation in that last sort, that sort of next five, let's say seven minutes. Austin uh, tries to kick. On, a, on like a fourth or fifth tackle, kicks it up rather than out. Uh, Williams picks up runs at sort of eighty, uh, sort of forty meters, which kind of switches the the momentum of the, of the game because obviously in wet weather conditions, it's all it's all about territory, isn't it? So I, I think it, that that was one sort of situation which swung the game our way. Um, they also the fact that Daryl Clark got injured as well. He went off with a head injury, which sort of stopped Warrington's spark out of dummy half, which which helped us, I thought as well. And it's little moments like that which which kind of coming together creates the opportunity for Salford to, to do what they did. Yeah, well I think with Steve Price, I think he he dropped a bit of a don't want to swear, what's the other word? Dropped a bit of a clangor yeah. um, <laughs> with Danny Walker. I think Danny Walker he should have brought him on a bit earlier in that second half because when Danny Walker came on, he's so quick that, that hooker he's player witness. He's a really good young player and he, he sort of livened Warrington up a bit, I thought, when he came on. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, God, they're going to overrun us here now, you know, because they've got some good forwards. I mean, Chris Hill and Mike Cooper, they worked the socks off. And I thought that Hill had a massive game for Warrington. And when Walker came on, he was on the back of that. You could see them getting a bit of a roll on. But I think we, going back to Daryl Clark, I think what all got his tactics bang on with Daryl Clark, because I noticed in the game, Salford, the forwards, kept running at Clark. And I think they worn him out. He was absolutely shattered because if you watch the game back, he hardly run from dummy half once. He was that tired. So, that, again, great tactics for, for, from Salford. Yeah, Austin kicks out on the full as well uh, in, in that period as well. And, you know, Warrington being Warrington, they're the big team. That They're the ones with all the stars. And if your, your two top players are, are starting to, to, to shake a bit, not able to, to produce, that that's where, for me, Warrington started to, to, to stumble. But it wasn't that. Salford realised that there was something going on and grew and, and that's the important thing I think that's the thing we've got to take from this that you know they, they can sense it they sense that it, it was it was a time uh, to, to, to make something happen and, and, and they did and it was a brilliant moment they got lucky as well let's be fair they had the, the kit to the corner where I think it was Inu and I think it was Gelling went for it and they called the, the playback and said it was a Salford re- repeat set but for me Inu gets his hand on that ball so it really should have been a, another set but it's all chip paper now. It's it, it's the way it is. Yeah, I think. Would you agree with me in saying that we rattled Warrington a bit in that second half? I think we frustrated them, and I think, like you said, Blake Austin and Gareth Widdick there. I, I think they got a bit rattled there. I think they become a bit anxious, and they lost the plot a bit. And I think we exploited that, and we held our nerve really well. And just before Joey Lusick went over there, I think it was about six or seven minutes left there in the game, the ball went out wide, and I thought we were going to score in the corner. Chris Weller, good bit of work there. We got caught, we come back inside, 
And I didn't realise why the video referee seems to take an absolute age. We lost it. It was obvious. He got that. He got that ball down hundred percent. He dives through there. You can see the ball on the floor. Doesn't matter if his arms underneath it. The ball's down. It was. It was a super try from him. And you know, it's become his trademark. That and you know, it was really. It was. It was really nerve wracking waiting for that video referee decision. It was. It was poor, but it was measured. It was. There was no panic involved in, in that set. Um, I think it was Sebastian Ike A4 got dumped on his back. Um, but Lussick knew. Lussick could see, see the space. He looks over his shoulder towards Mossop. I think that's what caught the one in the defence out. And they thought he was going that way. And just did what he does. Scooted round the, 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 the marker and went over. We, we we couldn't see the grounding on the teller. But I suppose in, in some... Um, Sort of video decisions. You have to, t- you know, you have to de- make the decision on what, what you you think is right, and it benefited us. I, I thought, and you know, we've had lots of decisions in the past where you know we haven't quite got what the decision we needed. Uh, but for this one, you know, we, we it makes us got Wembley, which is which is what it's all about. I think we thoroughly deserved it, Robert. Four tries to three. I don't think Warrington can have any arguments with that whatsoever. And just going back to there, what you said about, you know, you mentioned Sebastian Ifehiko. I thought that was one of his best games in the Salfordshire. I thought he was outstanding. The work that he did and the way he took the ball up and our forwards. I mean, you look at Warrington's pack. They've got a pretty decent pack, Warrington. Probably one of the best in the Super League. And I thought we outworked him. And I'm not saying they played poorly. I just mentioned Chris Hill. I thought he was outstanding, Chris Hill, in that game. He really took the ball forward for Warrington. Mike Cooper as well did. The lad Joe Philbin thought he had a terrific game. I thought both sides played really well. You couldn't really sort of say say Warrington were poor. Both sides played brilliantly, I thought. And Warrington made a few mistakes towards the end, but it was a great cup tie. Uh, one other guy I've mentioned is Lee Mossop, because Chris Wellen mentioned this to me, and how vocal Lee Mossop was, you know, as the captain, particularly towards the end of the game. He was geeing the players up and in that last couple of minutes saying, you know, we're literally at Wembley now, let's hang on here. And I think his influence on the pitch, you've got Mark Flanagan there as well. I think their influence and their sort of big games, they've been in big games them too, haven't they, for, for, for Wigan and I know Mark's played for St. Helens as well. And that's that's vital. That'll be vital in the cup final against Leeds as well because Leeds have got some massive players, haven't they? So these guys, the, the vocalists of them guys is, is going to be a big, big boost for us. Yeah, it's it's big game experience in that last kind of whatever it was four five minutes. You know, Lussick kicks kicks deep early in the, early in the count. I think Dan Sargent goes for a sort of could have tackled the full back in the air, but he pulls out a bit last minute. That the the best one for me was Tyrone McCarthy. Yeah, we talk about his, his Simbin earlier on, but for me, in the sort of the, the set, I think it was set before the last one. Warrington were coming, sort of, and you can see him pointing at Austin, saying he's he's Austin, he's Austin, and he directs that operation on that side of the field. Solver's defence follow follow the move. Warrington spill the ball, and then McCarthy dives on the ball, and then milks a penalty as well, which then diffuses the pressure. And that that's what it's all about. It's about using the experience of the big games to get you through, and and he did that superbly. Yeah, and I think you bang on there. I think. We've said it before, haven't we, about gaining this experience and, and the confidence and the big game mentality. We we played in quite a few of these big games. Now, if you go back to last season in the playoffs, that game against Castle that we had to win, um, the the Wigan game, you know, the semi final at Wigan there, and and the game we lost at Wigan as well was a massive game. And all these games, the you're gaining confidence from them, aren't you? The Catalan Cup win, you know, in in, in Golden Point extra time. We've had some we've had some big wins there now, and you're getting that big game mentality and that game management that you need, you know, to hang on when you, you've got in front. You know, the last two games there we played Warrington. I know they were both in totally different circumstances, but we've been losing for 
for massive periods of the game, sort of 79 minutes in the first game and 75 minutes in the second game. But you only need to be in front for two seconds, don't you? You're in front for the, the two seconds at the end or one second at the end. You've won the game, haven't you? And, and you've done the business. Yeah, and, th- and there's no anxiety as well because they know the chance will come if they follow their process and and the you know the moves and and they trust each other and they trust Ian Watson uh, that the game plan's right and it is it, we, we've got to Wembley off the back of it and it's a massive achievement for everybody uh, and you know us fans even though we weren't there we're, we're still going to dine out on it are we? We certainly yeah yeah and I think when I watched the coverage on the BBC I was listening to I thought the pundits were really good and the coverage was excellent on the BBC Matt Newsom is the best commentator I think in the country. Um, fantastic, you know his commentary really made that game exciting. And and uh, Chappers, the guy in the studio, they did a great job and uh, really exciting. I, the only thing it wasn't a criticism, but I was listening to Brian Noble and John Wilkin, and I can't remember which one of them was saying about us being like uh, a scrapyard dog, and, and we never go away and things like that. And I thought, yeah, I sort of agree with that, but. In the in the way, I thought it was a bit of a backhanded comment because I think we're a bit more than that. I think we have got a bit of class and we know how to beat teams and we've got quality all over the pitch. We can score tries. We scored four tries there on an absolutely atrocious day after a match has already been played. So your second team on there, that game could have been a complete washout. But we played some fantastic rugby, so some great tries. So yeah, there's a bit of a bit of a dogfight in us, but I think we're a bit more than that as well. I think Watto deserves a bit more credit and I think he's getting it now because he's he's. He outcoached Steve Price. He outcoached him twice in a week. You mean, you look at Price there, he rested a lot of players for the Tuesday game. And I think he sort of thought, well, I'll pat you on the head, Wattle, you can have that one, we'll win the big one. But Wattle was beaten twice in a week. And, you know, look at the resources that Warrington have got. They could put about three sides out compared to the squad we've got. And, and you've done them there twice in a week. I think, you know, we've got a, a great coach in Wattle and, you know, we can't sing his, his praises highly enough, can you? And the way he's got that team playing at the moment and the belief that they've got, they can do anything. Talk, talking about Watto, um, here's a clip of his press conference after the game. You can see it on Red Devils TV. Uh, this bit he talks about how much it means to the, the city of Salford. Ian, hi, it's um, it's Mark Baisley at Sky Sports here. Um, just, uh, just a couple, I mean, obviously great to get through to to the final, but um, I mean, how much more would it mean now for the club to actually actually go on and win it? Because obviously that's what you want to be doing. You don't just want to be in these finals. It's Yeah, we're not there to make the numbers up, mate. We'll be going there to win. Um, we obviously know Leeds are a good team and Leeds have kind of um, give us a little bit of a beating um, this year. So we need to make sure we're we're well schooled on what we need to prepare for to go against Leeds, but listen, it's it's a cup final. We've got plenty of players in there who've played in cup finals and know what it what it takes to win. It'll be absolutely huge for for the for the city of Salford as, as well. Not just just not not just these players in the club. Um, it'll be huge for actually the city again on the back of what we did last year, getting to a grand final. This kind of just cements some of the players' kind of legacy um, going forward. I think the players have been phenomenal and. What, what a way probably to finish for people like uh, Matt Flanagan and potentially uh, Chris Wellham to, to finish um, playing at Super League um, in, in, in a Wembley final. So that was Ian Watson, Paul, talking about the victory. And uh, as a proud Salfordian, um, you know, he can see his heart beating through his chest. He certainly can. Um, I described him in my match report as like a, a modern day sort of Brian Clough. Yeah. You know, rugby league version of him, and 
he reminds me of him sometimes, just the way, not, not, the, not the way he talks, like he's totally different people, but it's just the way he's on the touchline, the way he backs, his orders out. He's not a coach that goes and sits in the stand, does he, on like a walkie-talkie. He lives and breathes every moment in a match. He's down there, he's telling people what to do. He's always got his tracksuit on. and It's funny, when I watch the highlights, I mean, he, he come to do an interview before the match, and he's just stood there, he's Absolutely pouring down in rain. He's just got his tracksuit on. Steve Price, the Warrington coach, comes. He's got a suit and tie on. He's got an umbrella over his head. What all? Oh, don't give a monkey. He's, he's he's rugby league through and through, isn't he? He's, he just lives it, and you know he's, he's he's a great character. Absolutely tremendous character. And I think most sides, if not all the sides in Super League now, are probably quite happily sat there, coach tomorrow, and put Watto in charge. Yeah, I, I did read that when you said he was a bit like Brian Clough, and I, I thought. Brian Clough was really opinionated in, in everyone's face, like a like like a an old day Jose Mourinho, really. But well, I meant for, for me, he's more what? like a Pep, more like a Pep Guardiola, just cool as cucumber, knows the process, but you know, conditions all his players, makes the whole club buy into his philosophy, uh, and that's and that's what it's all about, and that and that's where we are, where we are for me. Well, the, the Cluffy thing for me, it wasn't about the. I didn't mean it as, as the way he was because he was like his nickname was Old Bigger, wasn't it? And what yeah. was it like that at all? More, more I was getting at is the way Cluffy used to sign players that nobody else wanted, hmm. and then he grew them into he grew them into to good players. You know, when he was at Derby County, if you watch that damn United, yeah, the film it's excellent that film, and he does that. He brings blokes in, and people say, "Why is he signed them?" And then he he puts his mark on them. And then he he went away, and then he he did it again at Nottingham Forest. So he was building sides all the time. That's where my comparison was. The the, the way Watto can bring players yeah. in, shine them up, get them playing. Then he loses all his best players, and then he rebuilds it again. How many times has he rebuilt Salford now? So he's got that bit of bit of genius in him, I think. So uh, that that was where my comparison was coming on, and the and the way he always wears a tracksuit as well. Yeah, good point. Good point. Obviously. Pep always has a big checkbook by his side, but we're not talking football now. We're talking rugby league, <laughs> and and you know part of that sort of belief system that we've got in the in the team in the club now. Last season, obviously with with the Jackson Hastings effect and Jackson Hastings now at, at Wigan, this this sh- it shows now that this group of players don't don't need a a, a big leader now to 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 get be inspired off. They they're building that themselves, and it's it's amazing that you know when you look back how where we've been on on this journey now we've got a team in a in a challenge cup uh, final you know playing well and have that belief to go on win games um, and it's it's just unbelievable when you when you look back at all the the matches we we've seen in, in the past uh, Paul and, and all the you know the bad bad stuff that we've we've seen this team is is head and shoulders above everything we've ever seen before yeah I'd have to go along with that now to be honest with you I really would and yeah, that's that's another thing. I mean, when we 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 sold quite a lot of, um, or sold the or they run out of the contracts or whatever, quite a lot of players moved on, didn't they, at the end of last season? And I'm talking about you know good players as well. You know, internationally, like Josh Jones moved on, and Jackson Hastings moved on, Darrell Opert's moved on, George Griffin, uh, one or two others as well. So players players moved on, didn't they? And, and those players. It's hard to fill players, players like that's boots. I mean, Jackson Aces was a big name, wasn't he? Look at the work Josh Jones did last season, tremendous. So to get to Wembley now, I think it just shows you that again, not just just what oh, he's, we know how good a coach he is, and but the players as well, their desire, you know, the, the new guys that have come in, how hard they've worked, the likes of Elliot Key, Reese Williams, been tremendous for us. They, they, they've done really well, and that 
and Luke Yates. There's three lads there that have come from London Broncos. They got relegated last season. And probably, you know, other supporters and pundits in the sport perhaps scoffed at us a bit. Oh, what have you signed them for? But again, Watto getting the best out of out of the players and they're working the socks off for him. You probably find Reese Williams and Elliot Keir will probably say to you they're playing the, they're playing the best rugby of their career at the moment, as is Luke Yates. So I think it's very special that when you've got a coach that can get so much out of the players, you, you really are dangerous then and, and you can go on and achieve things and you know, we're on the cusp of achieving that now. Yeah, you, what it is, Paul, on our sister show, the Sports Zone on Salford City Radio, you made a, a really good point about a big club and players leave Salford to go and play for a big club. But the success that we've got in the last 12 months with a grand final and a Challenge Cup final now. Why why go? Because you've got a you've got a team here and you've got a coach and you've got supporters that that are back in the back in the, the club one hundred percent. Yeah, you might get more money somewhere else and I understand that rugby league is only a short career, but you've got opportunity to win at Salford now. And and that's and that's what it's all about. It's it's about we 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 talked about building a culture and we talked about, you know, how the, the club's grown and you know, it's it's a brilliant it's a brilliant time to to be a Salford uh, player and a, and a Salford fan and and it's uh, it's unbelievable, really. Yeah, well, there was a bit there was a bit of talk at the weekend in the press, and I know I saw bits and pieces about what because he you know it's things will get mentioned about will he go to another club and this that and this. And I, I read something I won't mention any names, but I mentioned uh, I read something about you know Hull Hull will be looking for a coach, Huddersfield will be looking for a coach. Will what go to a big club? And I'm thinking to myself. Well, hang on a minute. The club he's at now have just played in a grand final, finished third in the table last season, and they're now in the Challenge Cup final. I mean, not being disrespectful to Hull or Huddersfield, but they're not anywhere near that at the moment. So why would Wattle up sticks and, and go to Hull? And I, I, I don't know, he's achieving stuff at Salford. And the thing at Salford, what Wattle's got, he's got a free reign at Salford where he's got people he can trust. He's got yeah. Paul King, he's got Bleasy there, people who he's working with, you know, Bleasy's a personal friend of Wattles, they live near each other, they, they bounce off each other, they've got a fantastic communication, fantastic working relationship. They all pull in the same direction. I mean, the, the, the camaraderie and the, band, the bond that they've got to solve, I think it's, it's, it's priceless. So why would you go to Hull where you've got a chairman like Adam Pearson, who's like Qcash, basically, always sticking his oar in, always <laughs> mivering. He, he wants to sign this player. You don't want that as a coach. If you're a coach of a club, you don't want someone telling you what you've got to do. You want to do it your way. So if I was Wattle, I mean, I'd, I'd be I'd be at Salford for as long as I could be now and, and build that dynasty with Salford. So people can say what they want about big clubs and all that. You're only as good as your last game, aren't you? And, you know, we're, we're going to a Challenge Cup final. There's probably a bit of jealousy in rugby league as well with that, but... You know, we we just got to keep doing what we're doing, and I've just caught a bit of um, Paul King tonight. I saw it on. It's like it's like a. Is it the Bet Fred podcast? Uh, Lewis was on it. You know, he used to be at Salford. Yeah. And uh, Adrian Morley was on. It. I was just listening to that, and you know, if any Salford supporters get to listen to that, listen to it because Paul King, some of the words he comes out with, they're really inspirational stuff. You know, dead exciting stuff. He's always like that, Paul. He's dead dead passionate about Salford, and and that's what we've got driving the club forward now. Please, what oh. And, and Paul, there, it's it's tremendous stuff, and uh, you know, long may that continue. I think with with when you, with big clubs, you have more voices, don't you? And you have to, if you're a coach of a like a Wigan or a or a Saint, you have people who who do jobs for you, and you have to trust them to do that job up to the level you expect that job to be done. But at Salford, because obviously we're not a, we haven't we're not sort of over over stacked with 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 people. 
um, and everyone everyone gets their hands dirty and everyone does as much as they can. Watto has has his own. He knows what the job what what has to be done, and he does it himself. And I think that's one thing that if the opportunity did come to the likes of sort of Wigan and uh, and Sellers or Hull, that would he get that that ability to be able to do that job himself rather than having to rely on other people? And if uh, if they are up to the job, then it affects you, and you end up getting binned. Yeah, he certainly does. Right, I'm not going to mention Brian Clough again, but <laughs> right. I was thinking about it the other day, right? Do you know when he was at Derby, he goes to, to Leeds United, doesn't he? He in does. In the 70s, and Leeds were like a massive club. And that, that I don't want to get an obsession with this, but that's what I was thinking. I was just comparing it, thinking, well, yeah, he went to Leeds and he didn't work for him. So say Watto could go to St. Helens next season. Might not work for him because those players might not believe in him. That squad might not be right for him, like Cluffy wasn't at Leeds. Sometimes you've got to be like a match made in heaven, haven't you? And he was at Derby County, he was at Nottingham Forest, and Ian Watson is at Salford. So he doesn't always work like that. He might, Wattle might not be a good coach with loads of money and big name signings and that. He's good at what he does. And he's, he's difficult, isn't it? You don't know until, until the situation arises, but some people aren't. Can't do certain jobs, can they? I mean, I was listening on, on on Saturday to to Brian Noble, and he was he was sort of saying how good Ian Watson is and things like that. And I was just thinking to myself, well, you were Salford's coach not that long before Ian Watson, and you had all the money under the sun, and you couldn't get it right. You couldn't, you know, get a decent run of farm in the league or anything. Could he, you know, work for, for whoever fault that was? I, I don't know. He had some players there who. I not have wanted to play for him but you know where I'm coming from he, he couldn't do it and he had all the riches in the world where, whereas Wattles could not get anything near that and yet he's took us to a grand final and a challenge cup final so it's different situations and, and how players react to things but we've got a, a nice formula at the moment so we've got a good chemistry and let's, let's, let's bottle that and keep it as long as we can Without turning this into the Brian Clough podcast Paul I, I've watched <laughs> that and I think the thing about that is he goes into Leeds and he just says, "You're all rubbish. You've all you've won all these medals unfairly, and I don't like you." And and I think I think it kind of it gets off the wrong the wrong foot with all these players, and they all kind of turn against him, don't they? So yeah. I, I think in a, in a way that that could happen really if if you know if if Watson goes to a, another club, but I don't I don't see him being that opinionated to be able to do to do that. But I do I do share the point that going to a different club means going into a different culture which you haven't created, uh, which is which is what I've got Salford. Yeah, certainly, and, and, and at Salford there, you probably find a lot of people in the, in the sort of who watch St. Ellen's or Wigan or Warrington. They probably don't believe that Salford can can win Champions Cups and win Grand Finals and things like that. And just going one more time with Cluffy, going back to Dar- <laughs> going back to Derby at the, at the time, they were unfancied, weren't they? And, and, and came up to the the top flight and, and and won the top flight, and no one gave them a, a cat and else chance of doing it. And sometimes that. You know, when you've got people against you who don't believe you can do things, you know, you can be very powerful, can't it? I mean, as I mentioned before, we've had other coaches that's all in the previous regime where we had lots and lots of money and we signed lots of big name players and the, the chemistry was bad. You know, there was a poisonous atmosphere, you had players moaning and this, that, and the other. And it wasn't right, the balance wasn't right, but the balance is perfect now, isn't it? And we're probably not spending anywhere near up to the salary cap, but do you need to? We've got to two finals there and we're doing really well. So 
let's uh, let's just let's just enjoy it. I suppose is, the, the, is what I'd say at the moment. I mean, like Paul King said at the weekend, it's a fantastic time to be a Salford sport, fantastic time to be alive, and you know, really exciting times ahead for us. Not just this season, but you know, next season and beyond. Yeah, because he because he created that atmosphere, he created that culture, and he's been able to to do that. And you know, that that's what it's all about, Paul. It's, it's a super exciting time, like Paul King said, to be to be a Salford fan. Yeah, it certainly is, mate. So, a big thanks for your three-word match reports and the matches. I probably advise you all to get a bit comfy because we've got a few, which is great <laughs> uh, because we do love the interaction on on the podcast. Sarah Bocop, absolutely gritty performance. Um, her man of the match was Joey Lussick or Kev Brown. Aid, never give up. Uh, Stephen Stewart, never give up. Brown or Spastinic A4. Ernie Fathead. Uh, Sarge doesn't uh, get man of the match, play the conditions. I, I think that's an important thing, Paul. We talked about how they wanted, well, they threw the ball about by, a bit uh, in the conditions. But, you know, I thought in that last sort of 10, 15 minutes, we, we played the conditions and the territory very well. We did. We kicked well, I thought, as well. And we kicked early in the tackle count quite a number of times. And that's when I, when I saw the pitch and the weather, I thought that's the way we were going to play. I, I knew what I had, his tactics bang on. And, and that's what you've got to do. You've got to adapt to the conditions, haven't you? And uh, I thought we did. I thought our, our tactics were bang on. Andy Lancashire, uh, dog it out. Lussick, Andrew Wallin. Um, was, he thought it was a sen- sensational, gutsy performance. Uh, Natalie Taylor, Wembley, Wembley, Wembley. Inu, Colin Reynolds, Wembley, Wembley. And his man of the match was all 17 players. Christian Linth, come back. Liam up the Reds, Ricky P from Sale and his dogs said, dare to dream. Uh, his man of the match was Inu. Uh, MG, never in doubt, Inu. Chairman Bob Guts and Determination, his man of the match was Inu. John Warwick, simply lovely. <laughs> John, nearly caught me out then. Roy Ellibert, just our luck. And his man of the match was Sebastian Ike for Like you said, Ike Afor's best performance in, in a Salford shirt. There was a lots of big performances, but he stood out among the forwards. Yeah, he did. I thought he was really good. And what you've got with Sebastian is he's um, he's very athletic for such a big man. You know, he can land and he's up quick to play the ball as well. And he's got he's got a quick um, quite a quick turn of pace. And uh, yeah, I, I, as I said before, I thought that was his best game so far for us. Martin said, Inu Brown, Mossop, Watkins, all outstanding. Uh, you said off the canvas and your man the match was Inu. Was that a boxing metaphor? Yeah, it was. I used that on my, my match report. I, d- I do compare the two sports quite a lot sometimes. You know, just not... Yeah, the, the, the physicality of it and sort of the, the grittiness and I thought we were like a boxer on the ropes at times we, we was like a, a real grafter who wouldn't go away and you know as much as Warrington were trying to put that punch on us in the second half when they got to 22 uh, 10 up you know one more there they would have knocked us out but they didn't we wouldn't go away and uh, that's that's where mine came from really Rachel Zoe we've done it Colin Wilson Wow, just wow. All 17, man of the match. Uh, Paul Hume, Sniffer Blair, we've made history. Mossop, Willows Red, we we can't go, Inu. Yeah, that's the thing. We we can't go to Wembley, Paul. It's a bit of a signal, it has to be said. But it's the way the way the way the world is, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's it's a real shame at the moment, isn't it, with things and as we keep saying, it's all seems a bit contradictory to me at the moment. There's you can do things inside and you can't go outside, but there's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's just the cards you've been dealt at the moment. You, you can't worry about it and you can't stress about it. It's just the way things are. So it's sad and it's, it's disappointing. And I felt really bittersweet after the game on 
on, on Saturday night, but there's nothing you can do, is it? You've just got to take it on the chin and, and make the best of it. I felt a bit sad on, yeah, Sunday. I think it was your come, you know, like when you come down, but when you're obviously in the crowd, it's a big, it's like you go, you go much higher and then go down, but because obviously you're not with lots of people feeding off that atmosphere, which kind of works both ways really, because obviously when it's close, everyone gets nervous and you can sense that nervous energy, can't you? But does that, did that work in our favour on, on, on Saturday? Because no crowd, no nervousness, no pressure on the players, players don't start making mistakes. You have to, you have to think sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know really. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? It's going to be difficult at Wembley, I suppose, for the players. I feel really sorry for the players, to be honest with you. I mean, they're getting to play in the Challenge Cup final and it should be all about walking out at Wembley in front of 90,000 people and seeing you, I don't know if you're a player, seeing your mum and dad in the crowd, seeing your wife in the crowd, seeing your young kids in the crowd as well. It's It should be about that and the players are going to be denied that. So you've got to feel for them for that because, you know... Challenge Cups don't come around that often. You know, certain players, you might get one in your career. So I really hope the players enjoy the, the game on, you know, week on Saturday. And yeah, it just it just feels a bit sad. And I think from a from a club point of view as well, we how many times have we had this conversation, me and you, over the last few years about getting to Wembley and, you know, the club taking off, you know, taking thousands of people there, selling thousands of shirts. And it can be the real making of your club. And you get the sort of feeling this time that it's going to be a bit diluted because, you know, people can't go and they can't get on that bandwagon and, and what have you. So, um, but listen to Paul King before, as I said, and he was sort of saying, you know, if you get behind this club and, you know, we get good sponsors and the, the crowds can start going up and things like that, we could be going to Wembley, you know, we might not be waiting 51 years to go there and we could get there next year or, or the year after. So uh, I think that's that's the dream we've got to chase now. You know, we've got to chase that that rainbow, for want of a better word, and, and keep chasing it because we could win the cup this time. But all right, you've not been to watch Salford, but there'll be, there'll be more, I think, and we've just got to hold hold on to that that hope. It's the hope that kills you, Paul. But I, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I think to myself, it might feel a bit dilated because we're, we're not there. But then flip it over, the club can sort of stage manage it better because. They'll they'll be able to show what what they want us to see better and building this building this vision for people outside our our bubble. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's right. We've we've just got to keep going now, haven't we? And uh, you know, twenty twenty one is going to be a, a big season again, isn't it? And uh, yeah, let's, let's let's go into that season as Challenge Cup holders. It'd be absolutely tremendous. That. And I just started thinking about it today. You know, if we can have a Salford player who wins the Lance Todd Trophy as well, our how special would that be? Um, no, it'd be it'd be absolutely amazing. So, yeah, there's some. I think there's some good times to come, Rob. I'm really excited about the future. I'm really positive. Connor Connor Robinson up up the Reds. Reed Harvey, Ian Super Ian Watson. Ian Watson was is man of the match. OSF immortality awaits them, and uh, their man of the match was Inu. Um, yeah, I suppose immortality does kind of await the you know if we do beat Leeds. The, these players will become immortalised um, with the likes of Gus Rizman. It's, 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 is that a that's a thing that the players could can feed off? Because in sport, in modern day sport, being in it, be, becoming immortalised doesn't really happen because because the way the the media works, you just roll on to the next thing, don't they? But Salford, not you know winning a 
Challenge Cup since or, or whatever it is. It's a long, long time. And these players have that opportunity, don't they? To, to, to you know, put themselves into into Salford folklore. And, and I think that's, that's a big thing for, for any player, I, I think. 1938, Rob. That's why you do the stats out of the chat. You've got to get that one right. I've only won it once. But... <laughs> um, yeah, you, you're right. You, you bang on. Those, those those guys in the 1930s were, were a tremendous team. I've read all about them, and you look at the you know the Lance Todd, the, the great coach, and the the side that we had back then, and you know they, they got the nickname the, the Red Devils, didn't they, off the, the French media on that tour there, and they, they were a great team. So so yeah, but this team could be compared to that, you know, and, and compared to that team of the 1970s. I mean, if you go back then, perhaps. Perhaps the 1970 side underachieved a bit. You know, we never won the Challenge Cup, did we? And that was the trophy that always got away from us. And was, you know, we. I've been reading. I'm doing some stuff for it for the preview with Leeds, and I've just been looking at, you know, all the cup defeats we've had. And I mean, we've seen quite a lot over the last 20, 30 years, haven't we? You know, what those younger supporters have seen. And you go back to the the older guys in the 60s and the 70s. Awful lot of cup disappointments. You know, going out in the first round and losing to teams like Bramley and. Huddersfield and Doncaster, and you have defeats against Lee, and you know teams teams in lower leagues to you and that. So, I think if we could go and win the Challenge Cup this season, that that's the trophy me that seems to, that's got away from us for eighty two years, hasn't it? And it'd be really really special. It's the Holy Grail, isn't it, the Challenge Cup? So, it'd be really really special to go and lift that trophy at Wembley. Uh, John Hall, all my days. Um, Inu, Paul Gillen, Inu was awesome. Peter, brilliant team effort. Moss up. Chris Seedhouse, haven't stopped smiling. Inu, uh, Vicky Lee, Reds are rising. Stephen Burns, never give up. Inu, Mike Woodbridge, can't believe it. Inu, Sam Richmond, are we dreaming? No, Sam, we weren't dreaming, it's real. Um, Stian, unbelievable. Lee Hilton, strength, courage and determination. Dave Wooler, every single one of us. John Waite, never say die. Inu, Stuart Shields, simply, simply lovely. Duncan, oh Duncan, never in doubt. Inu, Jackson, Simon Jackson, Doggy scrap, Scrappers win. Daniel Allard, unbelievable. Clarky, grit, determination and resilience. Ike A4, Mike, here goes Lussick. I suppose that's that's going to be in everyone's head after you've watched it about 48 times on, on repeat, Paul. Yeah, certainly. certainly yeah. <laughs> Team Jones, uh, we won. Inu, David Walling, Guts and, Gra- guts and Graft. Inu, Pete Brady, lost my voice. Nicholas Fletcher, can't stop smiling. Chris and Janet Shenton, oh my word. Callum Watkins, and that's it. So, big thanks for everyone who, who joined in uh, with a big three-word match report. So that's probably the most we've, we've, have, we've had for a long, long time. It was like a shopping list, that, then. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a fair, there's a fair few on there, then. Yeah, but, you know, that, that's great. I mean, it just shows the, the interest, you know, that we seem to be gaining now, and get into a Challenge Cup final as well. You know, the more people that interact with us, the more people that get involved with our club and start following us. And, you know, it's all it's all growing it all the time. It's growing that Salford, that Salford network, isn't it? And, and growing our club. And that's what we want. We want people interested. We want people talking about us. And I, I think they are at the moment. I think the, the whole rugby league world is talking about us, particularly in this country. You know, um, they're talking about Watto, aren't they? And his coaching. I think we're a, we're a good news story. We were last season. And I mean, and we look like we're topping that this season. I mean, who'd have thought that? You know, I didn't think we'd we'd do much this season. I, I thought, you know, maybe 
sort of mid-table finish and, and just sort of consolidate. But we haven't. We're going from strength, strength to strength. Like I said, it's been a strange season with, with what's gone on. And you look at the fixtures now. Fixtures starting to pile up in the league, aren't they? You've got to make the best of it now. But we've got a chance of winning a trophy, so it's uh, it's, it's been, tr- been been tremendous. Yeah, we got, we got some stats. Um, we couldn't get them off uh, on Sky because it was a BBC game. So, uh, Joe, media man Joe, stat man Joe, um, when we can't get it off the BBC, he came up with some stats for us. Uh, Lee Mossup uh, made 145 uh, metres, um, which, is, which is amazing. An amazing effort, Inu and um, Reese Williams also passed a hundred meters as well, which is which is I always say, not a Paul. If if you get a lot of people over or near hundred, you're doing well. You certainly are, and I think in both the cup games, we, we play Catalan and Warrington there, and both sides have got ferocious packs and two of the best packs in the league, and our forwards have, have stood up and, and and matched them. And if not, we, I won't say match them. I think we've 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 been the better packs in both those games, and and you can tell by the stats. The stats don't lie, do they, Rob? They don't. They don't, Paul. Tyro McCarthy, Sebastian Ikeafor, and Gil Dudson all got uh, in the sort of eighties, which was important. Also, things that. That made me think were that all our all our outside back at least one tackle burst and Inu made four, which shows that you know when it comes to tackle burst and bursting that line, our back division is is a real threat. It certainly is, and um, Chris Inu is dangerous. He's a big man as well. He's hard to stop, isn't he? And you know we're going to need that going forward. Now we're going to need that in the cup final out against Leeds. You look at their outside backs; they've got some explosive players, haven't they? But well, no, I, I thought from 1-17, to 17, Robert, everybody stood up and did the job and we have been doing for the last few weeks and if you're all doing your job and, and doing your tackling and, and doing what you get paid to do and a, and a little bit more, you're, uh, you've got a, got a great chance. Yeah, so that's all the, the chat um, about the victory against Warrington, which... Uh... Which makes us going to uh, to Wembley in a couple of weeks' time, which is fantastic. Um, we've got all the big news also that's come out this week in the world of Soul Fred Devils. So Connor Jones, Paul, will return to Veverston in twenty twenty one. He's not he's not really had too much of an opportunity this season. I did we I saw him a couple of times and I think he's got something but unfortunately rugby league is a short career and you've got to want you've got to need to play to develop. Yeah, he's not really had much of a chance. I, I've seen him a couple of times and I think he's probably been the victim of of all this what's been going on. I mean if if we'd have just had a normal season this season we'd not had all this sort of lockdown carry on, we'd have had a reserve team, wouldn't we? And he'd have been playing in that and Earning his stripes, getting getting plenty of game time, and and possibly pushing on the door for a for a first team play. So it's been difficult for him. I think it's been difficult for all the players. You know, with this massive gap that we've had, this this big break and that. And you know, obviously Watto's made a decision. We brought Andy Ackers in, who's who's been very impressive. So so yeah, it's just, it's a shame for young Connor, but I'm sure he'll he'll do well at Featherstone. And looking at Featherstone's recruitment for next season, they're they're a good side then, and they're going to be pushing on the door for Super League next year as well in promotion. So they'll be one of the contenders in the championship. So I wish him all the best. With with him, obviously, this go going. Andy Akers has come in. I think we've in the press they've talked about Lusick not signing his contract yet. Does that does that make you think that Ian Watson has a another in the pipeline to to? To let him go, that's that's what all that mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There is that. I'd only be guessing. I'd only be guessing, but I don't know. Um, is is Lusick gonna 
going to sign the new contracts. I mean, without being cynical, was he just hanging on a bit and, you know, perhaps his agent was hanging on for a better deal? Uh, I, I don't really know how it, how it all works. I don't know what, what, what other teams were after him. But we've got a good player there in Andy Akers. So, you know, we couldn't go into next season with just Andy. You probably need somebody else. So you definitely need a bit more backup, wouldn't you? Uh, I'd like to think Joey Lussie could stay. I really would. I mean, he's been at Salford, what's his second season now? And, second full season and he'll have played in a grand final and, and hopefully challenge cup final if he stays fit so why, why wouldn't you want to stay but we'll have to watch his space on that one if he doesn't then then yeah definitely I'd say what we'll be looking for somebody and he's probably already got somebody in mind anyway because he's, he's always prepared like that yeah he always seems to have his have his spies done he on on players and I, I'm sure because the hooker role is is very important in rugby league isn't it you know I mean to rotate him and the speed around the rook and yeah, I think he'll be he'll be on the search for for one at least. I think um, I don't know who he's he's a top he's a top coach. He he knows who's available, um, and we'll we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Uh, and see what happens there. Yeah, what always does his own work on his on his signings, doesn't he? I mean, we've spoke to people in the past. I mean, when we had that chat with Paul King a couple of times last season, he always tells us about what what all says to him about signings and yeah. the jar, the coach's jargon that he comes out with. He, he studies every single player, doesn't he? So, it, yeah, he'll, he'll know to look for. Other news, two games. The Hulkier game, 13th of October. Uh, 2pm kickoff. It's on the R-League app. Um, it's not on Sky, which might be a problem if you're not a season ticket holder. Is it, is it the Tuesday afternoon game, though? Yeah, 2pm kickoff. 3pm kickoff. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. A lot of people are going to be working, aren't they, as well? Mind you, plenty of people work from home these days, don't they? Mm. So, uh, be able to uh, get that on your iPad or on your telly. And the 23rd of October, uh, Wigan uh, on Sky, 5.30 kickoff. But I suppose it's good the RFL sort of keep, you know, putting these games up so we know what's to come. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be difficult fitting all the games in now, isn't it? I mean... I've just seen on the news today a couple of Wigan players have tested positive, haven't they? So I don't really know how that affects things going forward. I mean, they played against Leeds, didn't they? So let's hope no Leeds players test positive because you don't want them having to isolate for two weeks and then the cup final gets postponed or something. That'd be uh, be crazy. So so yeah, I suppose it's just all about getting through the fixtures now. And it's going to be tough for the players and you know, particularly coming up for us now. We've got a game Thursday night, then we've got a game Tuesday, and then you've got the cup final on, on the Saturday, and then. We've got some tough games coming up after that as well, so um, it's going to be uh, they're going to be coming thick and fast now. What we are now, like the sixth or seventh of October, so the season's only running to sort of the end of November. So you've got like another five or six weeks, and, and all the games are done. There's still quite a few games for us to play, so it's going to be a tough running now for for a, for a small squad, and uh, you know it's going to be a test for us, a big test. That'd be the right, that'd be the cherry on top, wouldn't it, really, Paul? That we we get to the grand final, we get to the Challenge Cup final. And we don't ask, we get the cut by default because Leeds have to call it off because they're full of Corona. That that'd be just be the you know the the cherry on the on the cake, wouldn't it? On this this mad season that we're having. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, then you've not missed the then the supporters haven't missed the cup final, and have I suppose, yeah. <laughs> and you're still champions. No, I think I think we want to go there and beat them, don't we? I think we all Leeds one for all the pain and heartache they've given us over the years in various cup competitions and league games and God knows what. So uh, we'll watch this space on that one. But as I said, it's going to be tough. And it, I mean, I, do, I know what I wouldn't like sort of rest players and on purpose and that, but he's going to have to be very careful and look after the squad over the next few weeks and to make sure everybody's fit and ready to go on October the 17th. 
mine will be the cherry on the cake, but it'll, be, it'll put the tin out on everything, won't it? You know what I mean? I, I think, anyway. Well, yeah, that, it's funny. My missus was cooking last night. She was doing a, like some fried eggs and that. And she was taking them out of the pan and they dropped all over the kitchen. She just looked at me and she went, yeah, this, this is 2020. If 2020, if that egg was a, a year, <laughs> it'd be 2020. And that's what it's like, isn't it? It's, you can't write. You don't know what's around the corner in 2020, do you? So... <laughs> Um, other other things I've, I've noticed as well on, on, on Twitter that we've got half of our league games and the cup finals are playing 36 days, which I think is is pretty mad, really. A lot of, there'll be a lot of rugby and obviously our squad isn't the biggest, so there'll be a few tired bodies towards the back end of that. Yeah, I mean, you might have to start putting our hands up to <laughs> yeah. what I would do in a few games. Imagine. It's going to be, it's going to be difficult with, with the, the size of the squad that we've got, but... Um, I suppose we've got we've got one little sort of um, bit of bit of a bonus there where we've got the, the two lads on loan, haven't we? Ollie Ashall Bot and uh, and Tom Gilmore have come in, so I think you'll probably see quite a bit of them in in the league games, won't you? I mean, Ollie's been named in the squad for uh, for Thursday night against Huddersfield, so it'll be interesting to see him. I've looked at the squad for Thursday, and it's quite a strong squad. I don't think there's been there's been much change in the, in the squad from the weekend. There's just one or two uh, changes, but uh, but yeah, you'll, I think you'll see them two guys playing in quite a few games. I've always said, Paul, if I, if I could play rugby league, like you play John Madden American football, I'd be the best player in the world. Just put it out there. What if you need me? Don't come. Don't ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, other other bits of news. Um, Lee Mossop's testimonial jersey has been announced. Have you seen it, Paul, on, on Twitter? Yeah, beautiful, I have seen it. Beautiful. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, Salford. Well, it looks looks like an old Salford shirt. You'll be able to sort of pick the pick the year out for me. I think it's probably early nineties. I think, but it is a yeah, it's like the old East Sap one that we had in it. We played in the Premiership final in ninety one. Mm. Yeah, it's a nice shirt. That very nice shirt. It's worth keeping an eye out for that, Paul, and seeing how much it'll be. I think it'll be uh, very popular. Yeah, certainly will. I mean, it's a, it's a quite a favourite shirt of. Um, of many people that I've seen, I'm lucky to still have my original one of them from all those years ago, but I've seen people searching for them on eBay and they, they sort of go for, for good money now, don't they? Replica shirts and retro shirts, as they call them. So, yeah, they're quite rare as well, but that, that looks really nice. That And, um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure if they, they produce some of them, people will be uh, be taking them. Yeah, talking about shirts and, and kits, um, club are looking for a short sponsor. So if, if your company... Wants to be displayed on that Salford Red Devil shorts. Contact them. Um, we give you great exposure. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, um, we've got quite a lot of uh, sponsors and names now we? on the, the shirts and shorts and what have you. But we've said it before. You've got a lot of televised games now, don't you? And um, it's great sponsorship, isn't it? It's a, it's a great advertisement. You're going out to a real big wide audience with matches on Sky and on the BBC as well. Um, talking about merchandise, Paul. Uh, Wild Thing released their Challenge Cup merchandise, which is really exciting. They've got lots of good stuff, T-shirts, polo shirts, plain shirts, mugs, scarves, the lot, fantastic stuff. Yeah, I've seen some of that today, yeah, the old Wattles Army T-shirts. They look really cool, they've done this. So, uh, so yeah, it's great. As you said before, it's it's a shame we can't all, all, all buy our new stuff and, and go down Wembley Way with them on, but... Um, but yeah, I think some of the merchandise has been great. So uh, let's hope people uh, really buy into it. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, if you can't get there to, to Wembley, you're still going to enjoy it. I, I still think people will be enjoying the matches and sitting there with the with the families and, and what have you, and and cheering the team on with the new shirts and scarves on. Yeah, there was a big demand 
last night. Logged on, website went down. While Finn came on, apologised, said they were trying to fix it at their end, managed to fix it around about midnight. And then by the, the look of it on Twitter, there was old soul fans up to the early hours sort of buying stuff and also early in the morning buying stuff as well. So I'd be thinking if I, if I want some Challenge Cup merchandise, I'd be getting me on my toes quick. Yeah, yeah, it sort of uh, passed me by that really. I sort of nod off early at night time. <laughs> <laughs> work and then get up early in the morning so it has passed me by but I'm going to have a look at it because some of them polo shirts look really nice I've just seen the, the black one with the embroidered sort of challenge cut final date and that looks great That so uh, I might have to invest in one of them they look really nice yeah I think I'll have one of them as well yeah they look they look smart then don't they I think they look really cool and a mug I'd like a mug you know like I don't know how big they are I like my mugs big you know like a proper like pint pot mug I've got a mug Right, and I've had it for absolutely donkey's years. Oh, Got it, my dad from um, a summer fair once at my primary school. It must be about 30, 30 years old, thirty-two years old, something like that. And when I when I bought my first house, this mug came with me. So I've had it now for for years. And every house I've moved to, I've took it with me. And I've got it here next to my bed now. That's the only mug I'll have a brew out of. I've got loads of mugs in the house, but that's the only one. So it's my special mug, but it's about time I got. There's a big crack down it on both sides. And if you bang it, I reckon it'll split. But you've just got to be dead, dead careful with it. But a brew out of that tastes lovely. And I've, I've got a Salford mug downstairs, and it doesn't taste that nice out of it. So I've just got it like on display. <laughs> Don't want a brew out of it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'd, I dropped it. <laughs> you know, you're sort of building it up. I've had this mug for 30 years and, and yesterday dropped it, bro. No, no, it's still here. It's still here. No, there's a crack. You know when they get like a crack right down them? Yeah. But it's on both sides, but it's not split. It, it don't leak. So I just, like me, me daughter brews up every now and again now. I mean, she's at that age now where she's learned to make a brew. Mm. I always say to just be careful with mug because you know what kids are like? They're dead heavy-handed, aren't they? Banging stuff down and all that. So I'm, I'm dreading it splitting, but... Yeah, once that goes, I might get myself a Salford one then. So, yeah, so get yourselves on the internet, buy uh, as much Challenge Cup memory uh, merchandise as you can. Hopefully that'll, uh, like you say, everyone gets that little piece of history then, don't they? Yeah, they certainly do, yeah. And I mean, uh, I um, I must admit, I'm I'm a bit of a, a freak when it comes to like scrapbooks and things like that. I'm still really old school like that. And every time we have a good win or of a historic win I go out and buy newspapers and I keep them so on um, on Sunday morning I, I nipped out got myself a Manchester Evening News because they do a Sunday one now uh, I think it was a Sunday Mirror and another one I can't remember what the other one was but I've, I've kept them with the, with the newspaper cuttings in of the, of the semi-final I just I don't know why I've always done that just kept papers because I think they're great to look back on out there and just a bit sad like that <laughs> Talking about historic wins, I think it's 17 years ago this week that we beat Lee at Widnes. 2003, yeah, yeah, 31, 14. Which was a which was an amazing day. It's like the the million pound miracle before the million pound miracle because because I think that year we we were really sort of competing with Lee and both sides. It was one or the other, weren't it? Yeah, it doesn't seem 17 years ago, does it? <laughs> there was a great day. That I remember the party was good as well back at the tavern. It oh. was, uh, it was a good day, wasn't it, that? Really good day. It was a great day. It wasn't just a good day. It was a great day. Make a great two days, to be fair. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, like I was just talking about, like I was talking about my nerves amazing, before. Amazing day. But like you say, that's what it's all about, and it's making memories, in it? Um, yeah, I suppose yeah. this one, the Challenge Cup one, you'll have to make your own memories in your own house or pub, depending on where you are. 
Yeah, it's a shame that. But you know, hopefully it's not gonna last forever. Nothing ever lasts forever, as this, as the song went. So um, I'm sure we'll be back to to go into the match sooner rather than later. Yeah. So uh, talking about matches, Paul, we'll look uh, forward to the uh, the other field game on Thursday. <laughs> It's time for the Devil of the So, Salford v Huddersfield. Obviously, after our Challenge Cup heroics, let's not hope. Let's hope there's no hangover. No, no, because I think it's important. Now, I've just been doing a bit of a preview tonight for the for the podcast and whatever, and uh, just sort of have a look at Huddersfield players and the squads and the stats and bits and bobs and well, that's one thing I've put in there about you know it's it's back to the ground the grindstone now and the coal face of Super League you know before the big day out at Wembley and I think it's important now that we um, we don't sort of put our cue on the rack in these two games because you don't want to be going to Wembley under cup deer and, and off, off pace you want to be going there you know fired up and on form and, and full of confidence and, and nothing breeds confidence like winning matches so yeah, you've got to be careful with the squad. You don't want to burn players out. You don't want to get players injured. But, you know, looking at the squad, what Hull's put out, I've just seen it tonight. It's a fairly strong squad. As I said, I think Kevin Brown's dropped out and Oli Ashaw Bolt's come back in. Um, so possibly see Chris Atkin play at half-back with, with Tui Lola here. But rest of it, it's it, there's not been many changes, really. You, Luke Yates has come back in and Andy Akers has come back in after being cup-tied. So there might be one or two changes, but it's a very, very strong squad. So I'm expecting us to... Uh, I'm expecting us to beat Huddersfield, but Huddersfield are on good form. They've won three out of three, haven't they, under their new coach, Luke Robinson? Yeah, Luke Robinson, um, Huddersfield's new coach. Some players in that Huddersfield team, though, uh, McGilvery, Lee Gaskell, um, Lawrence, Leroy Kudjo. You know, there's certainly talent you're going to have to keep your eye on. Yeah, well, the, the main man as well is, uh, is is how do you say his name? Is Aiden Caesar. Caesar. Yeah, the, he's um, he's a very special player, isn't it? I've seen him this season, and I've noticed he's been um, been a very uh, very good player in when it comes to the man of the match awards. He's been he's been up there, hasn't he? On uh, you know the Albert Goldfort Medal that they do in the League Express. He's had quite a lot of man of the match awards and a lot of um, a lot of the plaudits this season. He he sort of makes them tick and. Few people at the start of the season sort of told me he was a similar player to like sort of Jackson Aston's, and they'd get some, you know, some really good uh, good performances out of him. They have done. He was he was fantastic for Canberra, wasn't he, last season in the NRL? So he's a player to watch out for. He really does make them tick. And if you think back to the game earlier this season when they won at the AJ Bell Stadium in February, that was a real tight game. He 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 run the show that night. So uh, so yeah, they've got some some terrific players. You know, Kudju as you mentioned, McGilvery. Um, yeah, Wardle, the, the outside back there, and they've got two Wardles, I think, Joe Wardle, Jake Wardle, um, the the two twin brothers, the senior brothers, two big tall uh, backs. They've got they've got some some quality players. They have got some Kenny Edwards as well plays for them. So they've got a strong squad, Huddersfield, and uh, they've got a lot of potential there. And they look like they've they've starting to find form under Luke Robinson. I think it's good that we 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 play in the likes of Huddersfield because it keeps our sort of our sort of players honest because obviously there's no easy games in Super League so you have to be on the on the button every week so playing the likes of Huddersfield and I think it's all Kingston Rovers I think the game after you know keeps us at our level which will only be good going into that cup final in a couple of weeks time 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And OKR will be another big game. I mean, there's quite a few ex Salford players in that OKR side, isn't he? Obviously, Dan Murray and Wella Haraki, and uh, there's one or two others as well whose names escape me at the moment. And we've got a couple of ex OKR players in our team as well. You know, Chris Atkin there, uh, Chris Wellham. I mean, I know Ken Seal was out injured at the moment. Tyrell McCarthy played at OKR, didn't he? So, so yeah, that, there'll be a bit on that game as well. And I don't think we've played OKR yet this season, have we? we? They're the one side that we've not played. So, um, looking forward to that one. But, yeah, Huddersfield's always a good game. And it's funny, really, because this this fixture's our away fixture against Huddersfield, even though it's been played at Headingley. And I think we've won the last six away games against Huddersfield at the uh, at Huddersfield's graph. So, uh, we, we do quite well in this fixture, but... Obviously, it's different now that being behind closed doors at, at, at Headingley. But um, I'm expecting a good game. As I said, two strong squads. I've seen both the squads. And, uh, you know, there's some good players on show on either side. And it should be a should be a fascinating encounter. So, score predictions, Paul. I know this week, you, did you get pretty close this week? I think I, I think I said 26-22, didn't I? It was 24-22. Oh. So, there's only two points out. That was, hmm, remember, remember, was that Christian and you? Um, did he give it a goal once that it reached cost you? Yeah, that cost me two points as well. No, he kicked one, I think. Oh, that was kicked it, yeah. Penalty <laughs> near the end. <laughs> Remember that. So, what, what's your what's your thought process on this week? Um, I've not looked at the weather, actually. I think I mean, the, the, road, the rain's pretty bad, isn't it, at the moment? Um, it's been... I don't know about you today, but North Manchester, where I've been, it's chucked it down most of the day and it's sort of brightened this afternoon. Um I think I'm, I'm just trying to think of a score while I'm, I'm playing for time here. You are. All right. What I'll do then is I'll do. My, on, I don't because it doesn't matter to me what the weather's like. Well, it does, but it doesn't. What I'll do, I think for me, we're playing Huddersfield. We're full of confidence after after beating Warrington, and players want to keep performing to make sure they get that spot in the 17 for Wembley. So I'm thinking they'll come out of the the traps early and uh, blitz Huddersfield. Go. 20, 24 points up in that first 20, 25 minutes. Obviously, he'll come back a little bit, but then we'll finish him off. So, I'm going to say Salford will win 38 points to 10. I'm going to go a bit closer. I'm going to go Salford 24, Huddersfield 14. 24, 14. Any story behind that? No, it's going to rain. I'll tell you what I've done on my phone. You know, cool. I've, got, I've got an old iPhone here. So, what I normally do is I normally put in the weather whoever we're playing next week but today I've put Wembley Stadium in London <laughs> so, so I can just so I can keep a Sam's on the because we're never going to be able to do that again I was for well hopefully we'll be able to do it next season but it's just a novelty of playing Salford being at Wembley isn't it so uh, I've got Wembley on the weather thing now but it's going to rain in Leeds on Thursday but we're going to win 24-14 or well, well I'd rather have the, your score prediction your 30 odd one 38-10 that's what I reckon well it's funny because um Dave Campbell, our friend Dave Campbell, texted me last week and he, he was listening to the podcast and he, he was very amused at your predictions. <laughs> <laughs> he says he brightens his day up. Yeah, so, well, uh, I, I just, it's more like premonitions, really. I just see them. I just see them like um, in front, I just see visions, really. None of them come true yet, so I don't really know what's going on like, but. No, well, you never know. You never know. We might get that Nando's this season. <laughs> Social distance one. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to get an Uber each one. I'll get one to my house, you get one to your house, and then we'll do a, one of them Zoom meetings while we're having it. <laughs> Zoom, <laughs> Zoom Nando. <laughs> no, I'm sure we'll get one soon, buddy. 
yeah, so that's the end of this week's uh, podcast, Paul. Really good podcast. Really enjoyed talking about our uh, semi-final victory. Yeah, yeah, we really enjoyed it tonight, Rob. It's been good. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, to Thursday. So, uh, yeah, enjoy the game on Thursday. Yeah, don't forget to tune into our pop-up podcast where Paul talks to Chris Wellham and I talk to Chris Nananu about the uh, the big win uh, at weekend and uh, big thanks for tuning in. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact and Spotify. See you next week.